Uh, you feel that now? I feel like Rocky in this one, baby. Let's go. Alright, check it. Uh. Blast from the past, back from the future So if I pull the trigger in the past, you know you and your future I'm still hustling, still hugging the block The referee to the shit, I'm still calling them shots I can't be stopped, that's what I told you I'm living my life like a box of Crayolas I'm cutting up white, smoking that green Purple color pens, I'm still making this cream I'm so sick, uh, check my throat quick My wrist light up a room like a handful of glow sticks I'm like spoiled milk, the kid's gone bad Then it's the menace, my pen touches the pad uh, Niggas is mad, but the ladies is glad Yo, they rubbing up against me like this nigga is rad Fucking two divas, drinking on sangria I got the beam of the color, diarrhea uh, Tie your strings to my feet cause I'm so fly Hopped out the DeLorean, it's Artie McFly Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Rick H Show. Hey. As always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Jasmine Ruiz. What's up, y'all? I didn't hear the applause. That you, you guys heard the applause? Is it we hear the applause. <laughs> I heard it. Figure this thing out. Um, and joining us today is author, podcaster, and go-getter, my man, Nelson Rodriguez Jr. Talk to me, family. What's going on? Good to be here. Blessings. Appreciate this love. Appreciate the time out of your day. Um, so this is uh, this was a couple weeks in the making. My man, Richie Rich, he reached out. He's like, yo, my boy's doing a book. I need you to check him out. Um, and I checked you out for a little while. So for the audience, who is Nelson Rodriguez? Like, uh, give us a little bit of your background, Nelson. Sure. So born and raised in Miami, Florida, Cuban, 100% Cuban blooded. Mm-hmm. Uh, like uh, like my friend Richie says, mm-hmm. I, was, I wasn't born in Cuba, but Cuba was born in me. Yeah. Very, hey. very, very, very proud of my heritage. Mm-hmm. Uh, born and raised in uh, humble beginnings, more like most of us that uh, have immigrant parents come to this country, try to make some of themselves. And mm-hmm. uh, as a young kid, my first uh, my first example into what someone can do if they set their mind to something was Scarface. Mm-hmm. So I saw Scarface for the first time when I was 12. I know it's not wow. exactly what you should, <laughs> not what should be. No you should be watching. Control. Yeah, yeah. Not what you should be watching as a preteen. Uh, but it had an unexpected. Yeah. I uh, saw that twelve too, so it, it's fine. Yeah, um, yeah. It was... we don't come from censored households over here. <laughs> no, I was playing GTA <laughs> like eight. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was, my mom play, was buying me Grand Theft Auto at like eight years old. We, I'm pretty sure up. she didn't know that it was like what GTA was like. Right, 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 right. But <laughs> hey, so anyway, me personally, I come from very humble beginnings. I come mm-hmm. from. Uh, you know, not making a whole lot of money and not having a whole lot of examples of what a successful person is or can be or the potential of a human being in my family. Yeah. And watching that film for the first time as a kid had a really cool effect on me because it gave me uh, an insight as to what it was to set your mind to something Uh and not stopping until you accomplished it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Tony Montana, he was a drug dealer. He did a lot of crazy stuff, but within that, there's a lot of positivity that I learned. And that's basically what the culmination of the book is. I realized a few years later, um, fast forward to 2022, that I just embodied a lot of the principles that that are in this movie. And mm-hmm. I decided to leave this book as a legacy. I, last year, I walked away from my full-time business. And uh, I really thought about what I wanted out of life. Like, I took a day to really think about, like, man, if I die tomorrow, what proof is there that I was here? Yeah, You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I decided to write the book. Um, it's it's my legacy. It's my masterpiece, and uh, it's the first of many to come. I'm proud of it. So I have two questions to follow up. Um, a, did you relate to the film so much because Tony era cubano, y de qué parte de Cuba es tu familia? So those are those sure. are my those are my two uh, follow ups to. Uh, sure, sure. hundred percent, yes, because there's not a whole lot of, for whatever reason, in film 
Mm-hmm. He's 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 the Cuban that stands out in film, right? Even though it's a fictional character. Right. By the way, yeah. Al Pacino nailed it because coming from, <laughs> coming from a Cuban, let me tell yeah. you, we've been portrayed in other films, and I've been pretty frustrated with mm-hmm. how they portray us. Mm-hmm. He killed it. Um, I don't know if you know this, but during the film, he made everybody who spoke Spanish on the set speak to him speak only Spanish. in Spanish. Only in Spanish. Yeah. I got a backstory about Scarface. So Chi-Chi is actually a stand-up comedian. Um, mm. And one day I stumbled into uh, an open mic session and he hit the stage. And I was like, oh, man, you don't know who that is? I was in college and all my friends was like, what? I was like, yo, that's Chichi Getayeo. That's him. That's him. Chichi um, Getayeo. <laughs> so uh, I have he has more lines in the film, but I have right. the, the autograph program from that open mic. That's awesome. And it's stuffed That's into my cigar face. Super uh, dope. Film. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that fact. I'm a big Brian De Palma fan. And mm. um, a lot of Cubans didn't like the accent. But I thought Pacino did decent with it. He, I mean, He killed it. He killed it. There's not one thing I can criticize about Al Pacino. Mm-hmm. I take it a step further. The man doesn't speak Spanish. And in the one scene where he spoke Spanish, he was on point. He had our accent mm-hmm. like perfect. And it's it's rare because it's not an accent you see in film. There's uh-huh. not a whole lot of, like I said, a whole lot of Cubanisms. You know uh-huh. what I mean? <laughs> so, mm-hmm. yeah, one he he was Cuban, and uh, I was able to relate to that. And then aside from that, my family's from a town right outside of Havana called Santiago de Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. It's a uh, it's a little, it's comparable to like a, maybe just outside like the suburbs, maybe the country, not too mm-hmm. far from the airport. Okay. Um, pretty much my, my whole family on, on both sides is, is from there. So I, mm. I, I've seen Scarface many a times and I never thought to think, um, this is why I like the idea of the book. I never thought to think, uh, Tony's method or, or the way he went about his life was mm. something that you should just like, uh, Kobe Bryant with the mama mentality, excuse me, I'm a little congested, but Tony's method is a way you could apply to not just because it was about drug dealing, but take the drug dealing away and you put it into selling cars or selling homes or whatever. 100%. Mm-hmm. It's just the mindset. So what about that connected with you the most? I didn't have I didn't have any confidence in myself as a kid mm-hmm. at all. And Tony exuded confidence. Tony walked yeah. into a room and he was just as powerful, bigger than life, like larger than life presence. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't deny it. He had this magic energy every time you see a scene and he walks in a room and people just react to him. He was a special, he had, it's a character that had this special flow, this mm-hmm. special power that exuded, you know what I mean? So that, uh, like, immediately, for sure, um, is the first thing that, that I can tell you was the first thing that impacted me. You know, he had almost, I almost considered him like this this godlike superhero, you know what I mean? Uh-huh. For sure. Aside from that, there's a couple things. So he had, he was always hungry, mm-hmm. like desire, like animal ambition, mm-hmm. that that unquenching thirst to to more to get more out of life. Mm-hmm. That's something definitely we can learn from from the film, and that's something I, I adapted into my own life. I always try to like level up, no matter where what I'm doing or what project I'm working on or what I complete. I always look for a way to do more. Or strive for more, evolve more as a human being. Mm-hmm. He he himself in the movie evolves, like he levels up, and you see this guy like man, he goes from living in a tent to you know having this five hundred dollar suit on to mm-hmm. all of a sudden being the biggest the biggest player in, in Miami. Like mm-hmm. you, it's a constant evolution and it's a constant strive for more. You know, is it, there's there's several of them. I broke them down to nine in the book. Good and bad, because obviously there's a lot of things you shouldn't do that he did, um, mainly being ego, right? The ego is not yeah. bad yeah. when it's in check, but when it's out of, out of control, you know, you end up snorting a mountain of cocaine and getting killed by an army. <laughs> Absolutely. Of, of, of <laughs> you know, so and even in the end, um, possibly the best lesson that I learned in the ending of the movie where he dies, he went mm-hmm. out on his terms. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. no matter what, if you know, even if you know you're in a in a in a battle in life, a metaphoric battle, and you know you're gonna lose, give it all you got, man. Make sure mm-hmm. your enemies remember you. Make sure that the person that had to confront you or the obstacle you had to face remembers how difficult it was to take you down. Mm-hmm. So that next time around when they face you again, they might think about it twice. It's you know about heart. I mean? That's so important. It's about 100%. heart. Hundred percent. Jazz, I, I'm curious. 
uh, from your point of view about the book, is there something? Because my follow-up would be, you already mentioned, Ingo, what are your two favorites out of the nine? Um, but before that, I'm going to let Jazz ask you a question. Sure. On the book and the- yeah. Would you would you say that, um, you know, this impacted would you say that this was your first, I guess, role model and were the qualities that you saw something that you knew you wanted or was it something that you didn't know you wanted? And then, you know, you saw it in him and you're mm-hmm. like, whoa. Or like, maybe you had something. it all along and it Yeah. Like, did that, you have it a- or did it <laughs> did it awaken something in you? Like, what was that? It's a fantastic question and it has layers to it because I myself, when I was a kid, I was a bit of an introvert and now mm-hmm. I'm an extrovert. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. the, I'm the total opposite. So I think it, it did awaken something that I had within me that I didn't know I had. Mm-hmm. Right. And then aside from that, I I had, he was sort of a role model in, in, in the fact that I was able, as I got older, I was able to keep watching the movie and separate the good from the bad and be like man this is this is what i gotta follow this is what i gotta be like Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. for sure i would say my first not my first role model but definitely my first inspiration like the first first my first inspiration like person that inspired me or Mm. fictional i love that so many so many people like they'll say like their role model or inspiration is just someone that's like unequivocally good Mm -hmm. i like that you kind of have this character that's like has good and bad and there's a little bit of good and bad in everything. So I think it's Definitely. really cool that you got to see the good in all of it. So for Tony sure. Soprano gets credit for being the first anti-hero on, on the screen. Um, it was the first time America or anybody viewing television was rooting for a bad guy. An anti-hero. An yeah. anti-hero. Because Mont Soprano, I was going to say Mont Soprano was, was not a good guy in all means. No, <laughs> definitely but, not. But you saw the conflict within him. I think it, it on, it's been on film before that, and I think Tony was the first, one of the first, and if if not that, we'll go to uh, Pacino's other role as Michael. As Godfather, Godfather. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So is there someone else besides uh, Scarface in real or fictional that has also, you, you, you've, you've, you've taken that mindset from them as well? So in film, I, I specifically am a big fan of, of the, the mob mm. genre. Mm. Um and I, I tried to, as a kid, I, I didn't get into it very much. But as I got older, I kind of really got into the mob, the mob genre. And t- t- Tony's Tony's good, but I didn't get into Tony until recently. I didn't see The Sopranos until maybe like a year and a half ago. Oof, and we uh, gotta follow up on that. Okay. <laughs> yo, no, no, no. That, that took my my love and respect of the mob genre in film to another level. The Sopranos, <laughs> and I didn't even know that The Sopranos was the first film or the first show. Yeah. That ter- started this whole trend of TV shows. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys know, but back in the day, it wasn't cool to be on TV. Like no. actors were like, "Oh, you're it a wasn't." TV actor. That was like no, where they put not. trash. It was. <laughs> like, it, it was. Uh, it was ridiculed by Hollywood called the small screen. Yep. Yep. Because you're on a television. And Tony Soprano was mm-hmm. played him, bro. James Gandolfini, God rest his soul, he played that that character in such a way. That he started this whole new wave uh-huh. of wanting to be on a TV series. It's the thing now. I mean, you got guys yeah. like Al Pacino doing a TV series in uh, what was it called? Hunters on on Amazon Prime. You know, uh-huh. so it's it's he changed the game. But me personally, Ray Liotta, another one. You know, rest in oh, peace. Rest in, rest in peace. Yeah, in yeah. Peace. He, he, Henry Hill was mm-hmm. was 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 a, a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then outside of film in general, uh, there's a lot of people that influenced my life. Uh, if you want to talk about maybe I'll give you maybe a, a couple of them just so like my personal life and then maybe mm-hmm. someone, I, you know, like an athlete or something I look up to for sure. An athlete. I'm, man, there's no one like Michael Jordan. There's no really? one like Michael Jordan. The the Michael Jordan. If you watch that last dance. I mean, I lived, I, I, on Netflix. I lived I lived it. Nelson, like I, I watched Michael torch my Knicks every night. <laughs> front row. And I hated him for it with a passion, but super respect because he was just like, you guys want to beat me, you got to beat me. And the road always went through him. And I mm-hmm. think the closest thing we've had to him was, was Kobe. For and, sure. And it doesn't, it doesn't get mentioned enough because Kobe mimicked Michael to the T and, and they always bring up LeBron over Kobe. So that's something that annoys me. Um, but finish I have your, Kobe your over LeBron too. <laughs> I have Kobe over LeBron too. Funny enough, I mentioned the some of these guys in the book. 
Mm. Uh, I mentioned Michael Jordan. I mentioned Phil Jackson mm. uh, fr- from a coaching standpoint. Phil's got some great books. I don't know if you've read 11 Rings. Fantastic. Not yet, but. Fantastic I'll, I'll book on leadership and stuff like that. Um, definitely. And, and, and the other one, I've read both of his books. Really good. Really good insight cool. on to how he, he thinks and operates. But I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. No, no worries. So if we're talking about authors, uh, a guy I, I've been getting into that's that's completely changed my outlook on life is a mm-hmm. guy named Robert Greene, if you guys have never mm-hmm. heard of him. He's it's 48 Laws of Power, right? That's what he 48 did. Laws of Power, uh, 33 50. Strategies of War. Yeah, yeah the yeah. 50th law. I'm going to have to uh, look him up. You never – I, I have not heard of him, and I do love me books. some books. The book Let is so dynamic what? because the 48 Laws of Power, he states the power – uh, defines it and then gives a story. And then gives a story, yeah. I so love that his writing style is so fantastic unique. the way he did it. Um, if you like his writing style, you'll yeah. like mine because I didn't do it exactly like him. I have mm-hmm. my own style, but I have like I talk about the concept in the beginning of the chapter, then I'll give you like a story where I applied it in my life and then I'll mm-hmm. give you the scene from the movie where I learned it from. So I kind of, right. it's kind of like in that, I love in something that that's very segmented like that. It's like so clear to follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I wanted to ask you, um, so you mentioned Tony Montana being a, a role model and uh, Italians view mob movies in a different light than the general audience does, you know, because it makes them look in a bad light because they get pigeonholed. Do, do you have that same issue with Scarface? Not at all. No. Because like I said, I'm, I'm, and, and it's funny enough, you're talking about Italian Americans not liking how they're portrayed in mob movies. And I mm-hmm. idolize pretty much all those guys like, yeah. Because it it goes back to the same thing. Because someone does something bad, or they're a bad guy. Let mm. me tell you, if those any of those mobsters, or if Tony Montana, or if any of these people chose to live a positive life, the things they would have accomplished, they would have made Elon Out Musk and all these dudes. Yeah, they would have crushed everyone if they would have chose to be honest businessmen. Mm-hmm, they would have changed mm-hmm. the world a hundred percent. It's just a, it's unfortunate they chose that path. But even among like in that path, there's things you can learn. And apply in a positive way, of course. Yeah. So I mean, I don't have a no. I mean, I wrote a whole book about him. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Tony so, Montana is basically the the guy as far as Cuban Cuban film, you know, or mm. fictional characters. You know. So what are what are what's one out of the nine that you mentioned? Nine methods. What is one that you? really love and you really got something out of and it surprised you and what's one that you mentioned ego something similar to ego where it would be on the con side of of, wait before before you answer that sure can you give a little context for anyone listening what are the nine methods about and then go into that yeah sure so so i mean we got some comments here i'm sorry i've been ignoring them (laughs) (laughs) curious to know more about the book yes i'm sure sure so basically i i basically broke down the the different lessons into nine chapters. Mm -hmm. So I'll just read off the table of contents. So chapter one is called Elian Fidel and the dream stealers. Mm -hmm. I, I tied in Scarface and a story about Fidel Castro. And it's, it's, it was just how my mind worked and it's really creative. It's, Mm -hmm. I think uh, you'll get it once you read it. It's basically the chapters about ambition, about desire and about how people sometimes unconsciously try to rob you of, a big dream that you have or a desire that you have for your life. Mm-hmm. And that now as an adult, you know, that happened when you were a kid. And now as an adult, I'm trying to just bring you aware to the fact that you were robbed of that desire as a kid. And I want you to, I'm inviting you to have a new dream, you know, now as you're reading the book. Mm-hmm. Chapter two is the Pathfinder's Pyramid. I basically talk about the four stages of life that everybody goes through. It's um, survival, distracted, searching, and purpose. Mm-hmm. So, these four levels in life pretty, pretty good. That's yeah, I really yeah, like yeah. that. I was like, oh, man. So that. not everybody reaches level four. Mm-hmm. Everybody starts off at level one, which is survival. A lot know, of people hustling. get stuck there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Distraction. Yeah. People. So here's the thing. When you're surviving, you know, you're trying to figure out where your next meal is coming from, trying to figure out how to keep the lights on. And it's hard because when you're start, when you're hungry and you're trying to just figure out how to eat, you can't really plan ahead. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right, and, then, right. and then the thing is, when people level up and they go to distracted, they think they've made it because at distracted, you're living a more comfortable life. You're making a little more money. You're going on vacations. You're going out to the clubs. You're going out to the concerts and all that kind of stuff. And you think you made it. But then you realize, no, man, this is all fluff. 
Right, like, right. Where's you the, know, where's as you the say juice? that, it makes me think of um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's and a very it's broken like, down version of it, yeah. Yeah, like like you said that, I'm like, oh my god, that that reminds me of that because so many people get stuck at those beginning levels and definitely, you know, and that distracted phase. It's like, you know, not everyone is very ambitious. So mm. for some people, I feel like that is their ambition to hit that stage. So but. you mentioned uh, Jordan and Kobe, and it was studied. Um, psychologists came up with the theory that in their mind, they're never satisfied. So you never saw Kobe or Jordan uh, after they won a chip. Their mind really immediately switched to the I got to go get the next one. Yep. So not everybody. I mean, it's something you're born with. Yes, you can develop it. Yes. But it's very hard to find and get to to that point in your life where um, you're not just like you said, surviving. You're you're looking past that whole stage like, OK, I want to be here tomorrow, but Five years from now, this is where I need to be. For sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then once you, you you get past the fluff, you get into searching, which is where mm-hmm. most people that I wrote the book for are. Like, that's who I wrote it for, the people who are searching. Mm-hmm. It's the people who are kind of like done with the fluff and done with the with the, with the 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 small talk, and they want to move on and progress to a better part of their life. They're just not mm-hmm. sure what to do or wh- what direction to take. So, I, you know, my goal, you know, with God's God willing is to show this person an idea and maybe inspire them in, on how to find their purpose, which is level four. Right. So uh, chapter three is strategy. So it's just talking about, you know, how to, how to find a way, different ways to find a way to get to where you want to go. The more yeah. you prepare, the less you have to work later. Chapter four is evolution. So evolution, we talk about evolving as a human being. Uh, I break it down into two uh, segments, character and skill set. The more you work on your character, the the smarter you have to work, not harder. The better you are as a person, the more honest you are, uh, being on time, having integrity, uh, treating others with respect, things like that. The, the, the smarter you can work and you don't have to work as hard. The worse you are as a person, if you're a liar, if you steal, if you cheat, if you betray others, if you do these kinds of things, you're going to have to work 10 times harder because right. you're gonna ha- not going to have any relationships. So that's a breakdown of that. Um, who do you listen to? Is a, is a great, great chapter mm. because I teach you yep. how to find a mentor and who not to listen to in life. Uh, we talk about the, the chapter after that, le- the uh, legacy and your superpower, the legacy you want to leave behind and, and your superpower, how to identify what you're really good at and how to stay there. Um, chapter nine is my one of my favorites. It's every dog has his day. I talk about that. So every dog has his day in the movie has a different meaning because it's mm. it's what Tony Montana tells Mel right before he kills him. He's basically mm. saying like every dog has his day, like your day is today and I'm mm. and you're dead. But the way I interpreted every dog has his day is that the dog, like the underdog, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like like the, mm. the dude who has no shot. It, every Tony, dog has his day. Yeah, Tony was the dog in that scene. So it, it was his day to take over. So there you got go. you. So there that's you go. how I always interpreted that scene. That's how I interpreted it too. Right, right. So, so he tells and, Mel like it's my time. Yeah, I'm taking it up. Yeah, definitely. And that's if I had to pick one chapter that's special to me. Me personally, every dog has his day is special because I talk about that. Like you're gonna go through some wild stuff. But at the end of the day, you're going to have your day. It's just a matter of implementing what you got to implement, staying patient, evolving, staying hungry, mm-hmm. overcoming these obstacles. And, you 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 know, every dog will have, his, will have his day. So how do you define uh, – people define – because I was doing a podcast a week ago and somebody asked me about success and stuff. How do you define success? Like what would – what would that mean to you? Is that something monetary? Is that something not at all award wise or, or what? What does success mean to you? I have a specific def- definition for success. Success mm-hmm. is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. Mm-hmm. So that's just a fancy way of saying is the progressive step by step accomplishing a little goal by little goal to get to the big goal. Whether that big goal was to graduate from college and become a teacher, hey, that's mm-hmm. that's there's nothing wrong with that. If your goal, if, if it was your goal and you're doing it, then that's success. If mm-hmm. your goal was to just to have a family and and be a stay-at-home parent, listen, that's your goal, and and you right. did it, and you went out there and did it. You know what I mean? It's 
It, it has nothing to do with monetary success. I just so happen to be an ambitious person, and that's what I'm going after. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it depends. Success is just, to me, is just the realization of something you had planned beforehand that you've wanted. That's your passion. Something that sets your heart on fire. Mm-hmm. And you went out there and you got it. So success, well, I define it as a feeling. Mm, um, interesting. Uh, success is a feeling. It's an emotion. Um, I said, if I have one person listening to my show, I still feel successful as if a million people heard it because it's a release for me. And it's, it's a goal that mm. I've had. So that, mm. that's how I define. And I've always, I found that interesting because people hear the word success. They immediately say, Oh, this guy's got 16 awards, you know, $10 million in the bank, yada, 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 yada. But is that person happy at the end of the day? That's my main. Right. Exactly. Because, exactly. uh, being happy and having a good mental space is priceless. Right. Priceless. And, right. and I think that's that awakening moment where you figure out exactly what do you want to do with your life and, and what your what your calling is. Um, yeah, for sure. And I love how everyone defines it so differently. Success, right? You know? It's, it's yeah, just right. Yeah. I've I've thought of it always as like a pyramid and like there's three pu- pieces of a puzzle and I've always uh-huh. thought of like health, wealth and happiness. So like for me, success. Oh, that's a good like, one. I like that's a like, very good you know, one. Yeah, I, I'm wealthy enough to, you know, live live the the lifestyle that mm-hmm. I want to live. I'm happy in my career, my family, um, and I'm healthy. You know, I can run around with my future kids and you know just have my health. Those mm-hmm. have always always been like my three pillars that I've been like striving for. Okay, I like that one. I'm gonna. This is a question that they asked me and kind of stumped me, and it took me like two seconds. And I was like, because I, as a podcaster, I've asked all the questions. And then right. when you ask me like success or what's your next project, those questions to me are like, you know, they're gimmies to the audience. Um, what's something that you've gone through, Nelson? That what was the turning point? You mentioned a year ago you you quit your job, so that's a big. You quit your own business. Your own Not business. No, yeah, I walked away. I walked away from a business. Uh, yeah, from from a full time business. My baby that I, I had been I had been growing for for many reasons, um, and I started fresh, started mm. brand new. So my superpower, just so you know that that chapter I write about superpowers, I have mm. two. One is being very direct. Okay. Uh, my, I talk about examples about my dad throughout the, the book. And I reiterate that he's not a bad dude. I'm just using these these things that he did as examples. Mm. He lied to me a lot. He's, he's like a dude that kind of like li- lies too much. And, and then the lies get out of control. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we all know somebody like that. We're like, bro. Yeah. So Is your dad that- my uncle? No. <laughs> <laughs> so funny enough, what that made me want to do as a kid is tell the truth. Mm-hmm. as often as possible mm-hmm. because I knew okay. what it was like to be lied to and I didn't want to make other people feel that way. You know what I mean? Right. So my superpower is like, I could be brutally honest with you. Right. I, that's I that's no, amazing. I love yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I have no filter and I'll tell you how I feel about something. Mm. Uh, hands down. I'm there. I have no shame, no nothing like and then my I feel other like that's something power. everyone needs. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, no, no, you're right. A lot of people need no, that. Right. I feel like a lot of people right. need that, but like people get a lot so more things will that. get accomplished in this world. If, yeah, uh, people but pe- people, people are not used to that, and everyone sees it as being shady or rude right. or or so whatever. But it's, right. it's like the truth hurts sometimes, and sometimes it, no matter how which way you cut it, it's like right. You might not like it. Definitely. And I, I, I always say you're going to hurt people's feelings sooner or later. So I'd rather mm. hurt your feelings now than later. Because if I right. hurt them later, you're going to hate me. If I hurt them now, you might like me. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, like, that. that's like the man that cheats and goes tells his wife that he cheated and didn't waste her time. But then the other guy, guy B, he cheats for 10 years. And then the wife found out, well, she lost 10 years of her life that you were yep. lying to her and deceiving her. So I, I get And the other method. one might, might want to work with you because you came out and were honest. You never you know. Go. She is might that, be like, "Hey, is that the thing that guys need to do, Jazz? They do we? Need I, to- I'm not. Listen, all I'm saying is honesty goes a long way. And oh, if okay. you say sorry and you voice true, genuine, I'm sorry, and you're honest before mm. she has to go through your phone or hear from another woman or somebody else's <laughs> mouth, there might be some appreciation there. Definitely. She might hate you and kick you out the house, or she might be like, "Let's work through this." But there's definitely not a chance. I so think, you know my whole problem with that equation is. 
Uh, Nelson mentioned two. He said one. I'm going to ask him what's his second superpower. Uh, my problem with that equation is people don't ask the why anymore. You know, And why and is why? it important? Because they don't think that there's a reason, but there's always a reason. Not a no, justification. I mean, the men might not know. The men might not know. Depend. Small-minded men might not know because small-minded men are the ones that cheat. The man might mm-hmm. not know that specific reason why mm-hmm. he did it, but there is something in there um, because they don't. I think we 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 and it's a proven fact. We we progress slower than women sometimes, and we, we the understanding of the why, the how. The knowing yourself; these are things that uh, introspection. Yeah, that you learn self awareness. Yes, yes, yes. So the why? I mean, uh, advice for men: if you're about to cheat, just look at the mirror and ask yourself why. I would just say why, like, and what, and like, be honest with even if the why is like because I'm feeling really thrilled right now, or maybe maybe that reveals that you're bored in your relationship. And it doesn't. No, maybe the why is she's hot. That's a terrible why. That's it, terrible it, why. I'm just it, saying. It, does, it doesn't. And the why is another thing that you could apply to a lot of things in your life. Um, if you're unhappy at work, ask yourself why. And that's mm-hmm. how. So the why is what's missing. So Nelson mentioned his first is very direct, which mm-hmm. I always appreciate people who are like that because uh, you need like if Nelson was Kanye West's best friend. I bet you Kanye would be in a better situation right now instead of surrounding him. Or he, he might hate or me. Or Nelson would be fired. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, hey, I'd rather, like I said, I'd rather hurt your feelings now than hurt them later. Because mm-hmm. if I hurt them later, you're, you're really going to hate me. I have a possibility of you respecting me if I, if I hurt your feelings up front. You know what I mean? Yeah, but like, being up front also, it, it, it shows you care. Like, if, if, if you didn't care, then you would just straight out lie. And just be like, oh, yeah, Kanye, yep. that's dope. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it shows that you care. It, it, credit goes a long way. So what's the second superpower now that we went on? I have, an, the- I, I have an obscene obscene amount of risk tolerance. Like, it's it's unhealthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Damn, so not, we can't invite on, you to Vegas. <laughs> no, no, no. So I actually talk about that in the, in the, mm. in the chapter. When mm-hmm. I say risk tolerance, I don't mean like going to the casino and, and gambling my life savings. I mean... Yeah. I have no problem. So it goes back to it, all the chapters. It's like a, it's like a, there's a flow to them, right? So mm. because of the skills you cultivated in your evolution, your skills, no one can take those away from you. Right. Not bankruptcy, mm. not divorce, oh, not economic I what, crisis. I see what you're getting at. Not prison. Mm-hmm. Not no, no one can take my skills away. Mm. So I can get, you know, knock on wood, I can get thrown in prison for a year tomorrow. I'll come out of that and be like, all right. Time to get to work. Here's the next because, one. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, I have the skills necessary to build what I want to build. Mm-hmm. Right. That's why I'm not scared of taking risks because if I fall down flat on my face, I know I can just get back up and start over. So right. I really like that one. Uh, I, I've created a lot of podcasts for different individuals. And um, I was never scared. Like, oh, if this went, it popped off. Like, oh, my God, I need. To... That's my one true thing. Like. No, I always knew I could reinvent myself or do something new. Like, I was always confident in my skills. And not just in this realm and everything else. So, I, I completely agree with you. And I understand what you're saying now about the risk take. Yeah, yeah. So Yeah. I also feel like when you have a lot of self-belief, like, you're more likely to take risks. Because, you know, with high self-belief comes confidence. Mm. And you really, like, end up feeling inside, like, oh, no matter what, like, it's going to work And confidence out. is so, going to pay off because, let's say. And uh, do that. Exactly. If people yep. are like, oh, this guy is confident. He knows what the fuck he's doing. And they're going to put Pe- trust, yes. more trust in you. Yes. So. If you, people, you have to believe in yourself before other people believe in you. No one's going to believe in someone that doesn't believe in themselves. Mm-hmm. So if you believe in yourself and you walk and you act, like, you you go about the world knowing that it's gonna work out for you, then you're gonna take those risks. You're gonna show sure. and give that energy to people. For sure. So, so, so give me an example where you risk one, uh, Nelson. Like, give what? Well, obviously, walking away from business. That's, yeah. that's, a, <laughs> that's a big. But you, did you know at that point? Like, listen, the saying it for me. See, you I knew, later. I knew, I knew way before I did it. I knew, I knew mm-hmm. probably a year before that I was gonna walk away at some point. Mm-hmm. Right. So it was just putting off the inevitable, and uh, of course I was scared. You know, 
And that's the you big know, hump to get over at first. Yeah. Fear. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's false. It's nothing. Fear is nothing else than false evidence appearing real. You know what I mean? It's mm. like mm-hmm. fear. Whenever a fear comes up, I'm a, I'm the type of person that I've trained myself to whatever I'm scared of to like go do it as soon as possible, because mm. the more time I let pass by, the more the fear is going to fester and the more mm. scared I'm going to be. Right. So if I'm scared of doing something, I try to just, you know, go out there and do it immediately. And but aside from walking away from the business, the time where I took a big risk. Uh, I mean, I've taken a few pretty, pretty wild ones. Um, <laughs> I mean, I did the inverse. I walked away from a full time job with with fringe benefits and, you know, mm. health insurance, 401k, 401k that was stacked to the ceiling and all that to start a brand new business from scratch. So at the end so of the day, this is not I your did... first time, like following no. your dream. No, not at all. I love that. No. I love that. Yeah. Put the clap on. I mean, is it <laughs> is it something that you realize, like, if I die tomorrow, right, am I going to be happy working at this job? Like, because, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, if you die tomorrow, that job's going to replace you the next day. The next day. The very day. next day. Mm-hmm. How about, no, not even this. How about if you have an emergency and they they feel the need that the emergency wasn't an emergency to them, they're going to mm-hmm. get rid of you and replace you. Even when you have a valid excuse, mm-hmm. even when you have a valid reason, even when you're yes. whatever, you know, the life happens. So many you know toxic I mean? workplaces like that. Like, and that's why if you find a good one that like you can stay at while you're building your dreams, like be blessed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. Mm-hmm. I personally can't work for anyone. It's just yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because I, I found that corporate America has created an environment where incompetence is rewarded. And I, I, I don't reward incompetence at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I can't deal with it and I'm not, I'm not okay with it. I'm a very accepting person. I'm very understanding and I love to grow with people, mm-hmm. but you know, co- corporate America is just an environment for the most part, not every company, but for the most part, it's like people who are in management should be in management. People who are in leadership <laughs> positions have never been leaders in their life and they don't even know what a leader is. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's, it's those kinds of things. I've developed myself as a leader. I know what I can do and I, I know how to lead others. And it's, it's something where to put myself in a position to win, I know I have to work for myself. Yeah. It's just I think something it's because, personal. you know, corporate America, I feel like when, you know, you're moving up the ladder, it's because you've been there for so many years and, you know, maybe you made the company money, but they really don't often consider character and drive no. and things like that. And it's like, you need good character you just you just it's like a must that should be like the very baseline requirement so For sure. i feel you yeah so what's the plan to now you launched a podcast recently yes uh, what's the plan book then podcast and yeah what's, I, what's, I, what's the podcast about so I launched the book uh, May 14th so it's mm. available on Amazon English mm. and Spanish for you know todo mundo que habla español i got you um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so I started the podcast two weeks ago. Just mm. just dropped my first episode yesterday. Um, and the plan with the podcast is to further extend what the book, where the book ended, because mm. a book is good. I, and I also realize that there's a lot of people who learn better through hearing or visually seeing visual, things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I decided to further expand on the same concept, which is, you know, mindset of, of a winner, mm-hmm. mindset of, of someone who's, who's successful. And I'm gonna keep doing it. I'm, I'm. We do that. We drop that Monday nights. Spotify, Apple Music, it's available. And then my big, my next big, big project, which is where I'm putting all my marbles and and it's my baby and it's my dream, is uh, I'm launching a comic book sometime uh, mid, maybe late summer, late fall of this year. And it's it's a fully original story written by me. Mm-hmm. One, uh, I don't know if you guys know anything about comic books, but the comic books that have come out lately are like really 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 mm. bad <laughs> um they're basically just getting same old stories and and you know changing one mm-hmm. little thing about them and it's like hey here you go it's a new story and it's like no man yeah like right. spider-man mm. spider-man got bit by a spider already like i've seen this already like, why, are you, why are we seeing this again no but he's he's puerto rican now and i'm like yeah. okay so and it was you know a cucaracha. I mean? Yeah, yeah, no. Una araña. Es una araña. And it's like, no. So I woke up one day, and instead of like, because that's what's happening with the comic book industry, there's a lot of tokenization mm. going on and things like that. 
And me personally, I put myself in the shoes of a writer where if I, I created Batman and I, or I created a character and, and someone has goes out there and changes the origin of that character, I would be upset. Yeah. So I don't want to do that. You know, Batman is Batman. Superman is Superman. They all have their own greatness. And I personally woke up one day and I was like, man, there's no Cuban superheroes. Mm. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to make one. You know, what's a so, superpower? The the superheroes are based on the the Oricha saints that uh, we worship in the Afro Cuban wow, religion. Wow, nice. Yeah. So cool. the main character's name is Ray, and he's he doesn't know it yet. Uh, but he's he eventually finds out that he's Chango, the the thunder, the deity of masculinity, thunder. And wow, fire. that's dope. Yeah. That's actually very creative. That's exciting. Very good yeah. concept. Cool idea. So. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to be back with Dr. G. And then I'm going to put Nelson through 3, 2, 1. Uh, so here we go from Infinity. 60 seconds. You do it all without breaking a sweat. Like being a boss exec to Tuesday tennis to homework. Why do the kids have so much homework? Family dinners, lunches, brunches, trips to the vet, and a weekend getaway that's anything but a getaway. And you do it all in style. Even when you have back-to-back conference calls on top of the kids' orchestra recitals, not to mention your side hustle. That's why we created the fully reimagined Infiniti QX60. A luxury SUV as functional as it is stylish and as versatile as it is serene. With premium features like a panoramic moonroof, ample cargo space, and available massaging front seats to bring the ease of luxury to your everyday. Introducing the all-new Infiniti QX60, designed to help you take on life and all the chaos it may come with, in style. Learn more at InfinityUSA.com. Now with extremely limited availability, contact your local retailer for inventory information. Wow. So, here we go with Dr. Dr. G, welcome to the podcast. Uh, What up? Thanks for having me. Our guest today is Nelson Rodriguez. Nelson, Dr. G is here to help you with whatever questions you may have. What's good, Nelson? Good motivational speaker for us here. So is is there a question or something that you've been wanting to ask a professional? Because we got... A hundred percent, one of the best in the game right now. That would doctor. PhD. I'm a I'm a, I'm a therapist, psychologist. <laughs> what, what you need help with? I got you. What's What's a universal law of the streets that you think would do well if these business guys would apply it in corporate America? Ooh. Universal law of the streets. Yo, back in my day, <laughs> it was all about respect. You got to give respect to get respect. Don't look at nobody sideways. And if somebody look at you sideways, you already know you got to beat their ass. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So these businesses need to start respecting the people. You feel? Put them prices down. Now, Dr. G, I see you, you had two new tiers. Uh, is... Now, I got three. I got three tiers total. Oh, three? 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 Total. Uh, okay, I see some additions. Um, is this... Can we talk off camera? Like, I'm concerned mm. now. The tier if I tell you, people... I might get another tier. <laughs> I don't know if you want to know about all that. You know what I'm saying? Dr. G, I don't know if you've been watching, but Nelson wrote a book called The Montana Method. And uh, Nelson, can you give a brief explanation of the book to Dr. G? Sure, of course. So the the book is the principles I have applied in my life that have helped me that I learned originally from the Scarface film from Tony Montana. Oh, yo, I knew him, son. Yo, we oh, go yeah. way back. <laughs> we go way back, son. That that's my guy. That's my guy. You learn from him. I'm after Chavachu. Maybe you write a book about me. <laughs> <laughs> I got some principles for you. You already know. Oh, so uh, let's, let's ask Doctor G. What's Doctor G's number one principle in the game before Doctor G? Uh, number one principle. Yeah. Don't be a punk ass. Don't Word be up. a punk ass. Whatever you wow. do, do it with your do with do with your heart, son. Whatever it is. Oh, Dr. Don't G, be punk about it. Man up. Oh. Be tough. Okay. Word up. Well, Dr. G, thank you for always uh joining us here on the show. 
We appreciate your advice, and uh, we look forward to seeing you again next Glad week. Glad I can help. Show. Glad I can help. Peace okay. out, my man Nelson. You already know how at me about that book deal. <laughs> Dr. G, ladies and gentlemen. Um, wow. Dr. G is always great for advice. I, well, how'd you feel about Dr. G's response, though? Respe- that's a good one. Respect. It's, it's, it's a pretty big, uh, which people nowadays don't really abide by that law, which is an issue uh, with respect. So how'd you feel about the response? Money, power, respect. It's what mm. you need in life, right? Money, power, respect. Wow. Over health? Is, is health? I, I mean, if you I'm got some money, that song. <laughs> <laughs> if you got some money, you know, you could hire a personal trainer and get on a <clears throat> diet. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what's you said it's available on Amazon. What's one thing uh, the readers are going to walk away with, or or the listeners? Uh, by the way, the name of the podcast is the Montana Method, right? Yeah, Montana Method podcast it's available right? on Spotify and Apple. Apple so. Music. <clears throat> What is uh, one thing you want readers and listeners to walk away with from awareness. this book? Awareness. Okay. Yep. Awareness meaning you know where you stand in your life. You have an idea of what direction you want to head. Maybe not a clear, specified passion, but at least you know the general direction you want to head in. Mm-hmm. And just be conscious of this is what I want. This is where I'm at. And... Maybe I'll take a step towards it. If I could inspire somebody to 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 become self-aware mm. of of their circumstances and just choose to take action instead of blaming life for whatever you know hand they were dealt, mm. that 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 would basically be the purpose of of my book. That's so oh. important. There's a lot of people that are adults, and you know they still blame their parents for things, and that only works up until a certain age. And after that, it's like you got to take some type of responsibility. Mm. And until you do, you can't change your life. For sure. 100%. So mm-hmm. we have a segment here on the show we like to end off with. It's called 321, right? What are three things you've watched lately that you felt that exact same connection as you did with Scarface? Hmm. That's a good one. Three things. Oof, that's a big connection. Three things. Um, I, I, I name, there's a lot of things to watch. See, it doesn't necessarily mm-hmm, have to be a film mm-hmm. or a television show. Well, me personally, uh, I really like... I, 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 I'm into film and stuff, but lately, I can't really think of a movie. What I, I can't think of a, a TV series, though. Mm. Uh, I don't know if you guys know about uh, Better Call Saul. But it was, <laughs> I, I recently got into it and it was surprisingly good. Surprisingly good. It is surprisingly uh, good. Vince Gilliam, who wrote uh, Breaking Bad, yeah. is a phenomenal writer. Uh, I, I, when I, I heard he was doing the prequel, I immediately started watching it. And a lot of people said, I, I'm a day one Better Call Saul fan. Called me crazy. Nah, this is not as good as Breaking Bad. I was like, are you kidding me? I would argue that it is. The layers in the story, like, it throws you off in the beginning because his name is Jimmy McGill. Yeah. Um, But just a fantastic. And you get background stories on all the characters that you love so much in Breaking Bad in Better Call Saul. So what's funny is in that show, it has the same theme. I have a reoccurring theme with the characters that I like, right? Mm -hmm. So Scarface was an antihero. The mob guys that I enjoy watching Mm -hmm. an antihero. In a way, Saul, he's not a good guy. No. You know what I mean? At all. And he's he has that anti-hero kind of like thing mm-hmm. going on where he wants You're to be always right cheering for, 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 for Saul. Uh, even in uh, in Breaking Bad. Yep. You know? 100%. As much as there were points where you hated him, but he shows... Uh, one of the comments was talking about why you would connect to characters like that. Uh, the mentality created a sense of morality displayed on screen. It transcends race, it transcends and race and class. It, yep, exactly. Exactly. So mm-hmm. it's it's like something um, that ev- you, you, you're talking about. You're, you're Cuban from Miami, and you connect to these characters. Saul is from New Mexico, I think. In the film, or, yeah, or, yeah, New Mexico, born so, born in Chicago, I think, or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's, it's uh, it, 
it's something that is not who the person is. Is is just qualities that you 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 hundred percent, and just the ambition and the drive. And a character in there that I further connected with after I saw Better Call Saul that I hated in Breaking Bad was Gus Fring. Oh, Gus Fring like, is just fantastic. Um, Esposito, by the way, Giancarlo Esposito is a beast, man. That's <clears throat> another one. Nominal actor. A, no, listen, this is a half Italian, half Danish man that was born mm-hmm. in New York. Like mm-hmm. he has nothing to do with Hispanic. He has no Hispanic in him mm-hmm. whatsoever. Spoke Spanish, had the accent. Mm-hmm. The man killed it. The man mm-hmm. killed it, and and he portrayed a lot of different qualities in in Better Call Saul that it made me relate to him. And in, in I ways. haven't seen Better Call Saul. Was he? Was oh. he well, uh, to, have you seen Breaking Bad? Context: I saw Breaking Bad, and mm. certain things are just hard for me to watch. You know, I be having my own little personal triggers. But I remember the episode I stopped at. I was just like, God, I just I just can't do it anymore. It was like the two guys were in his house and he was taking a shower and they left the eyeball like in the wrong place. And, you know, someone in the car was like, yo, homie's about to get ice. So then the other <laughs> man called and was like, yo, go to El Pollo Loco. So then the two guys left his house. At that episode, I stopped. I was like, this is just, my heart was palpitating over here. Like I, I got too into it. I was like, I can't, finish. he's going to die. I just can't watch it. No. So, finish. but I do love, I did love Saul when I saw him out there. I do like this guy. So I was breaking bad is one of those TV shows that changed a lot of stuff too. Man. Yeah. It was it's so I, like, I got five watching, seasons man. in. It is. I think it's five seasons. So yeah. It's five there. seasons long. Finish oh, maybe watching. Three seasons in. F- finish I, I, watching maybe, maybe I'll revisit it. Maybe I'll revisit it. Finish mm-hmm. watching it. Yes. Okay. For and sure. Then, and then watch better call Saul. Okay. For sure. it, it's gonna yeah. complete the photo of the the, the the whole story for you. For sure. Um, yeah, I want yep. justice for Jesse. You know, J- Jesse was breaking my heart. I mean, he got a movie. You didn't see them? Oh, that's right. I saw. Yeah. I saw. Okay. A yeah, yeah. Preview and I was like, turn it off. He got. He turned. No, that. Know what you mean? He got out better than everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> he did. He did. Je- wait, wait. So, so Breaking Bad ends good for Jesse. Um, you got the what the movies after Breaking Bad. You you want you want us to spoil it for you? Yeah, I love spoilers. I'm not one of those people that's like, Man. don't spoil it. I know I'm not worried. Hell no, I'll get anxiety. angry if someone spoils a movie for me, dog. I'm throwing hands. I'll be like, yo, yo. Man, come on, dog. My, my, what are you doing, bro? No. So the comedy no, is the relationship between Walter White and Jesse. Mm, right. Um, got you. He sees Walter White as a father figure and is always seeking his approval. And nothing right. he does gets that. Um, to the point right. where he starts to resent him. That's where you see that curve in the show. Right. Um, do you want me to ruin it for you? Ruin it for me. Walter basically sacrifices himself for Jesse. Oh, my heart. Okay. Oh, God. See, I, I just really care about Jesse. I love him so much. And Better Call Saul, they're both going to be on the show. So okay. I, can't, I can't wait because the season finale, they yeah, divided they, the last they season. They just did like a mid-season thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Jesse and Walter White are going to be on both on breaking uh, okay. Better Call Saul. So. All right, that's, all right, all right. That's that's you know, you gave me hope. Maybe I'm going to go revisit. You have to. Okay. Well, you see what I mean? You know what happens already. So how are you excited but to that, watch that, it? You know I'm, what I'm excited to know the journey, you know? I just... I would be really disappointed if something happened to Jesse. It's like wrestling. When I found out wrestling was fake and the, the ending was predetermined, I'll just turn that shit off. Yeah, you Damn. turn it off because it's not exciting anymore. So, uh, uh, but The Wire was another show for me that. Listen, amazing. that's funny. I was just about to bring up The Wire because I saw it's... The Wire for the first time last year. Yeah, and that's and funny. There's another show on television. Same, same writer, same producer. It's called We Own, We Own the City. It's on HBO also. It's a similar type of concept. I, I guess Jazz's computer's acting up. She's gonna Yeah, so yes, yes, me personally, like it was for sure it was Better Call Saul, The Wire, and the third thing I've watched recently that was really good. Um man. I just I, I watched I've watched a lot. I'm gonna say I'm gonna take a guess. Can I guess? Is it Ozarks? Man, Ozarks was good. Ozarks was good. That TV show was good, man. <laughs> and I like the perspective because mm-hmm. I got tired of the of the of the nar- you know the narco mm-hmm. genre. I got really tired of it yeah. because it was just they kept on making again and again and again, and it kind of got old to me at least. Mm. And 
this this brought it in a fresh perspective from the perspective of like the dude on the inside, yeah, the white yeah. collar guy, you yeah. know. And it have was. You, have you seen Ozark, Shaz? Please, if you're gonna never, get, you're gonna get suspended. I'm sorry. Well, I'm is, sorry. Ozarks is is pretty. Some of the pretty, best. You know, I spent years not watching TV, and now that you know, I mean, that's I'm good. Writing. You're you're doing your your work because you know? I've been okay, doing. Okay. But now that I'm writing, um, I'm watching a lot of like comedies and. You're a writer comedies. as well. Yeah, yes. I'm a writer too. That's awesome. Um, what do you write? Books or screenplays? Um, I'm writing my own show, and nice. I write um, I write skits. I just submitted awesome. to a program today. I wrote like a Family Guy episode. It was hilarious. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I like writing too. That that's what I enjoy hearing about you. We'll definitely collaborate. <laughs> once I have this in the once I have this comic book in the in the TV series stage, I'll, I'll reach out to you for sure. All right, cool. So uh what are two things you've been uh listening to that uh you know you mentioned 48 uh Laws of Power, which is yeah. also an audio very all his book, yeah, yeah. I when I read it, I listen to it as well. So, mm -hmm. I I'm gonna recommend a book to everybody who's listening right now called The Thirty Three Strategies of War. Mm -hmm. The book is on some other stuff. It's man, it really prepares you for life. I really mm -hmm. like it, and it's the same author as The Forty Eight Laws of Power, uh, Robert Robert Green. Green. Yeah, and and let me tell you, not because he's my friend or anything, but Rich's music motivates <laughs> every level the hell out of me, man. Let me tell you. Because I reconnected with Richie. So I'll tell you the backstory. Richie and I have been friends for over a decade. Mm -hmm. I've known him since high school. And we just, we just grew our, you know, we went our separate ways in life. No, no, no beef, no nothing like that. We just went our separate ways because we had different things, you know, to do to, that we wanted to accomplish. And about, I want to say three or four months ago, we reconnected and um, I went over to his house. We talked. I told him I was doing the book and we've just been helping each other as much as we can, man. And mm. and his music is just, he's evolved as an artist and his music is just like, man, it, it, I used one of his songs as the intro to my podcast. How about that? Like, nice. Yes. Sueño Americano. Was this Sueño Americano? Was it? Uh, There's so many of them, man. You got Sueño Americano. You got On Fire. You got Problem. Yeah, yeah. You got so many. Oh, Todo. Yeah, Bro. Todo. Um, Oof. This is, I've had Richie on the show twice and I've heard the entire album and some stuff that it's not going to be on the album. His music is, I, I just can't wait for it to officially come out because I can't really talk about it because listen, he let me hear it and I, and like I, I told him my favorite joints on it, but um, he got a record with, with Domingo and Don Dinero that is one of my favorites and it is on his album. It's and just, what I love is, he made yeah. it his own his own yeah and that's and, what i love about it so much and it, it hits home with me right because i'm a cuban-american just like him so that's like cuban like if if cuban-american was a, a type of genre or was mm -hmm. a music it'd be his music you know what i mean and it's it's special it's very special to me and i, I love everything I, I love him as a person he's right. like we we have a lot in common we both work really hard we're both really driven we both like to, you know, push each other, like, like feed off each other. Mm. And he's just a great person, man. I can't wait. He's going to, he's going to blow up eventually because he's just I've undeniable. been saying that for two years now. He's undeniable. Richie Rich is the real deal. Listen. Um, so we have a lot of people in common, Richie and I. And um, when he was working on recording the Cuban Connection album with Don Dinero, uh, I heard a few songs. I'm like, damn, this shit is fire. Um, and my boy Torres was like, yo, that's my boy Richie Rich from Miami. He he writes. Oh, you know Torres, huh? Rap, I've heard Rich. him on a couple of tracks. He's, he's, he's pretty dope. That's my compadre. Torres Torres like, yo, he writes, he raps, he sings, and he does the beats. He does like, everything. No way. He, he does like, everything. Him and Brainiac, they really nice combination there. Yo. I, I cannot wait. It just here's a few songs. I, I said I put a video together. Um, Donde Quieras is, is a very you'll get a lot of I'm telling this is the flavor of the sound that he has made. Uh, Donde Quieras, Sueño Americano, Babalu Ayer, Todo. Um, uh, there's something that he did with with Eddie. Forgot he name. did another song with Don Dinero and Eddie Carr called Se Fomo that has that same, that, same yes, like, but there's another one because he, he did a few with Eddie. Um, right, it's just and I'm not Cuban. Rick, I'm, well, I'm gonna I, need you to send me this album. I, 
Drop the link. I want. I want. I'm gonna listen to it. <laughs> listen. Listen to what it's what's already out. Trust me. Okay. The I, stuff he already has out is like nuts. It's very. I, I still don't understand. Like I, I told Richie, like last year, I told him, yo, you're gonna be a big dude. Like you're gonna be a big star. Like you're, you have an Huge. immense talent, my brother. I told and him, he, listen, man. I'm just like blowing smoke. No, no, I, no, no, no. I I mean it, like because I, I hear the quality of the music. It's so good. Listen, I'm I'm with Richie probably once a week because I'm recording my audio book at, at his house. Mm-hmm. And the same passion and drive and, and like heart that he puts into his own music, he's putting into mm-hmm. my audio book. He's a stand-up guy. I love him to death. And I've told him, this is how much I believe in him. I told mm-hmm. him, listen, bro, I need you to make the music for my TV series. So if you blow up before my TV series comes to production, I don't want to hear no excuse here about, oh, I got a yeah. tour. No 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 no, <laughs> no, 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 no. You're going to come make my music for my TV series, all right? So so he told me when I had him on recently, I think it was uh, the day that Dolo dropped. Um, he came on the show. I brought him back. We were having a conversation about the album that he was working on. He's like, yo, when we jump offline, I'm going to send you the whole album. Literally, we jumped offline. He sent me... Not just the album, but other unreleased tracks as well. Yeah, um, you heard you heard Representa with with Erika. Oh my I've, god! So I'm not. Yo, fire! The the man is the man. Of, uh, he's a man of his word. I just told him I want the record in vinyl or CD, whatever form, actual sure. physical copy of it, mm-hmm. and I want him to uh, uh, autograph autograph it. it. Yeah, because it's gonna. You know, I want to save it. it. It's a memory. See, look, this is if you, Richie sent me. He sent the, you the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's it. <laughs> so, and shout out to he Richie. He showed me the man. music videos for some of those, and I'm just like, wow. yeah, this he's filmed. Yeah. Todo was filmed last year, um, mm-hmm. and he waited because he has like some stuff tucked in. Like he did the few things with Don Dinero, and he, they waited, and then now they dropped this. Um, so Definitely. let me just bring it back to full circle. Three, two, one. You said the two things. Richie Rich's album, which is called Mirais, is coming soon. Uh, it's going to be one of the best albums this summer. Sure. Um, what's one thing you want? I already asked what you want the readers and listening to, but it's what, what's one thing you want to accomplish this year? Definitely launch my comic book, 100%. Mm-hmm. It's something I'm putting all, all my all my heart and soul into it. And it's it's me, and I, it's it's good not to toot my own horn or anything, man. But every time, like I refine it and I'm organizing it, and, I, mm-hmm. and my ideas are cl- like the few people that I, that have read it, what I have so far, they're like, "Listen, man, it's not because you're my boy, but this is like I don't know, I don't know how you came up with this, but this needs to come out like now." Yes, <laughs> you know. So my job, at least issue number one, my goal is to drop it by late summer, mm-hmm. uh, latest late fall. Uh, of this year are you illustrating it as well no i'm i'm a i'm a decent writer but i can't draw fig- stick okay, figures okay. Well, like, wow you've been <laughs> so, doing it all about the, the, the business the writing any, uh, the no. podcast like any okay. illustrators out there uh looking to miami, collaborate for sure yeah, yeah miami area looking to yeah. collaborate you guys are up in jersey new york new york new, new york. york funny yeah. enough the one the one concept artist that I have so far that's not doing too bad a job, he's up in Jersey. Not too he's up in I think uh is it Union City? I don't remember. Mm. Yeah. So I wanna thank you, my brother, for uh sharing some of your passion, sharing the book, sharing some of your ideas. I, I truly appreciate them. Um you become a family member. Everybody, every time that somebody comes on the show, I tell them they're a family member. This isn't the last time. This is the first time, but not the last time that you'll be on the show. Um, thank you for that. Uh, shout out to Richie Rich. Uh, shout I'll have out. Richie and Don Dinero back shout on out. the show soon. My brother. Um, next week, we'll have a brand new episode for everybody. And thanks again, Nelson. Thank, thank you, you both. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Jazz. I appreciate you sharing your space and believing in me to come and show value to everybody watching. Mm-hmm. And it's the, the beginning of a fruitful relationship for sure. When does and the audio book drop? The audio book, the He's English. Trying to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, listen, I love listening to stuff. <laughs> R- Richie's gonna hate me right now. We're gonna drop it July first. Okay. Damn. Okay. Richie's gonna be like, damn, let me get some work. <laughs> 
Richie's gonna watch this and call me like, bro, what are you doing? Richie, get to work, bro. Got it, got it. Thank you so much. Thanks again, my brother. And if you need help with podcasting or anything like that or advice on it, my uh you have my information. Always appreciate welcome, you guys. Right? Yeah. yeah, definitely. So thank you for everything. I appreciate you guys. Peace and love, everybody. Definitely. Go ahead. I, I end every every interview that I do. Um if you're not chasing a dream, life is meaningless. Mm. Wow. I'm not even gonna say mine after that. Have a good <laughs> night, everybody. <laughs> You feel that now? I feel like Rocky in this one, baby. Let's go. Alright, check it. Uh. Blast from the past, back from the future. So if I pull the trigger in the past, it's on you and your future. I'm still hustling, still hugging the block. The referee to the shit, I'm still calling them shots. I can't be stopped. That's what I told you. I'm living my life like a box of Crayolas. I'm cutting up white, smoking that green. Purple color pens, I'm still making this cream. I'm so sick, uh, check my throat quick. My wrist light up a room like a handful of glow sticks. I'm like spoiled milk, the kids gone bad. Then it's the menace, my pen touches the pad. Uh, niggas is mad, but the ladies is glad. Yo, they rubbing up against me like this nigga is rad. Fucking two divas, drinking on sangria. I got the beam of the color diarrhea. Uh, tie your strength to my feet, cause I'm so fly. Hopped out the Delorean. And it's Artie McFly.